What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It's your boy, Evan Britton, ex-NFLer turned yogi. It's excellent to be with you on this magnificent day we have before us. I hope this finds you standing in your truth, living in your power, because the world needs you. So today's episode is a really fun one. It is a deep dive into a book I have referenced a handful of times titled Right Use of Will, Healing and Evolving the Emotional Body. It is said to be a channeled text, channeled directly from the source, God, by a woman named Cianne de Rohan. It's it's profound. I know that on first listening can sound pretty out there and crazy, but the truth of the matter is when you read this book, it's difficult to get around the heartfelt, intuitive truth of it all. She dives into, or it is explained in the text, the two aspects plaguing human consciousness at this state in our progression are judgment and denial, and how those affect the alignment of the individual's will with the divine will and the spirit and the connection therein. It's really fascinating. I love it. I highly recommend it. There will be a link in the show notes to that book if you're interested in reading more. Also, I suppose it's a a trigger warning at this stage, what I learned today. But in the beginning of this episode, I reference a recently published study out of Stanford On the efficacy and safety of masks. Um, I found it really fascinating. I was even more fascinated to see the lack of media around it. Uh, So I felt compelled to share it today. See what people thought. There was a mixed bag of responses. A lot of people were really interested in it. A lot of people felt pretty strongly to agree with it. Others really wanted to dispute it and invalidate it. Whatever you think about it, it's there. I'm actually going to add a link to it so you could see it for yourself. Obviously, there's a lot of information out there. Many studies on all sorts of things, um, all sorts of issues that we're dealing with right now through the COVID paradigm. And, uh, you know, I think we should have all the information we can possibly get. So, that being said, if you're interested in some fantastic fungi supplements, head over to wake.net. Use code EBBINFLOW to get 10% off and free shipping on your next order. They have some fantastic products. Lion's Mane, Reishi, Cordyceps, Turkey Tail, a comprehensive health blend, great for immune Support cognitive function, overall well-being. It's fantastic stuff. I take it every day. Highly recommend it. Uh, And that's about it, folks. Uh, To support me in this show, obviously head over to your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, review, share it with your friends and family. If something really resonates with you, share it with the people you love. You can also check me out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. There is a bonus ebb and flow 
podcast episode available for my Patreon members each week. That's usually a guided meditation or a solo talk, something really fun, some bonus content I want to provide for y'all on top of a lot of other cool stuff. Come join the community. I'd love to have you there. That's it. Lots of love to you guys. Have an epic Wednesday. And I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination. Your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. What's up, y'all? Happy Bicycle Day. It's April 19th. 2021, the day Albert Hoffman took his infamous bicycle ride through town after having a little taste of his own creation, LSD, from the ergot root that he had synthesized in his lab, took a little dab on his finger on his way home, found himself on a bicycle on an incredible and terrifying trip. That's today. <laughs> We're joined by Gus Britton once again. Hello. Uh, tomorrow's 422, you tomorrow's said. Tomorrow's 420. Big cannabis day tomorrow. That's interesting. I was in the shower. Like Oddly enough, somebody had said to me today, I didn't know it was this bicycle day thing. But somebody had said to me, said that to me today, and I was in the shower, I think, yesterday, thinking about what that must have been like, just coincidentally. Oh, really? Albert yeah. Hoffman and LSD in particular? It must have been so interesting. Fascinating, man. Yeah. Uh, you will be, you are listening to this podcast episode if it's the day it was released on Wednesday, which is 421 a lot of numerology happening right now. 2021 is the Sigma code of that number is five. Five is the magician's number. It's a number of the occult. It's a very mystical number, um, which is interesting. 4-19-2021, we've got five, one, so we've got six, four, ten, that's a one. Mm. Today's one. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I can't remember the significance of one, but feels like an interesting day. It feels like something new is happening. Uh, the Stanford study recently released, peer-reviewed Stanford study, shows that masks are not only completely ineffective at inhibiting the transference of the COVID-19 virus, but they're also incredibly unhealthy and unsafe for healthy persons to be wearing. Fascinating stuff there, guys. You can look that up. 
on ncbi.gov. Really incredible. I said that to somebody today, and they said to me, well, we knew that for a while. Were they wearing a mask? No, no, no. This was like a not not uh, heavy mask, or this was a person that wasn't getting a vaccine, getting the vaccine. Interesting. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I think the aspect of it that hasn't really been talked about is how deadly the mask actually is. Not that the mask protects you. It's actually uh, harmful. Yeah. Because you're not breathing. You're completely well, restricting yeah, the most vi- one of the most vital life 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 forces you could possibly. Yeah, it's in, it's completely inhibitory possibly, to the yeah. natural flow of oxygen and metabolic waste that you express on the exhale. So that makes sense. It's made sense to me from the first time I put a mask on. Anyway, this podcast is not about masks. I will actually have a link to this study that you can check out yourself. And just, you know, don't take my word for it. <laughs> uh, don't take my word for it. That science is out there. That information is out there, as my old offensive line coach used to say. And what's more fascinating, perhaps, is that we most likely won't see any mainstream media coverage of that study or have any governmental person acknowledge it. Uh, God forbid Dr. Fauci admits that he was wrong. So, moving on. Today's topic. This is a book that I have... I have... Um, referenced this book a handful of times. It's a powerful book. It is called Right Use of Will. Healing and Evolving the Emotional Body. This is a channeled text... Received by Cian de Rohan. Mm. Um, this book materialized at my mother's house on her bookshelf. I later came to find out it was actually my aunt's book. Um, and it called out, it jumped off the shelf at me. Or you had written it, you had read it. Yeah, I read it. I read it, and then I think I said, then I just brought it over here. You just brought it over to here? To your house, and I was like, this book is a mind blower. Yeah, so, so much in this book, we're going to dive into it. We're going to do a deep dive on it, because not only does it talk about things, this was channeled in, let me see here, 1984 was the original print of this, and what's talked about in this book is exactly the issues plaguing society today. Yeah. So the two main the two main issues that this thing goes into, there's a lot in here. It's a short book, but it's super dense. It's literally 123 pages start to finish and it's 123 pages start to finish. It is extremely dense. Every single word of it, you're reading it going, whoa, this, this, I feel this. I see this. I know this. I have experienced this. And it's profound in that way. The two main issues that we're going to jump into that this book highlights 
plaguing society right now are judgment and denial. Really interesting when you really break it down. And this book fucking really breaks it down. What is judgment? What is denial? Judgment of the self, judgment of thoughts, judgment of actions, judgment of others, judgment uh, throughout, across the board, multi-dimensional, denial, same thing. But what's fascinating beyond that is that it goes into, there's a really deep dive into three ancient civilizations, believe them whether or not you believe in these places is moot um, because I think on a conceptual level it all makes a lot of sense anyway but she talks about the land of Pan which we know before our current global uh what do you call that? Uh, arrangement of land masses and continents. Well, well, a long a, time ago, there was Pangea, yeah, which was this conglomeration of all the land mass. Yeah. That was called Pangea. So this was the, the original land or civilization, whatever you want to call it. It's not even really a civilization because it seems as though these beings were just sort of, were just living of the land. So it's a land of Pan. And then there's Lemuria, L-E-M-U-R-I-A, and Atlantis. And Lemuria and Atlantis were sister civilizations that existed at the same time. Each of which self-destructed under their own doing for various reasons. And we'll get into that in a minute. Um, what do you think about it? I mean, this book to me, when we were talking about talking about this on the podcast, it's kind of, it's, I mean, I guess difficult is the word because like you said, it's so dense. It's basically like I could open this book up to any page, read this particular copy has been underlined and highlighted throughout it but you know i could read any piece of this and we could do a whole podcast on it i mean on one piece yeah Yeah. so it's a little bit tricky even talking about this book but what we were talking about yesterday why don't we start with the title yeah the right use of will here that sounds great right use of will and the subtitle is healing and evolving the emotional body i love that Right use of will. Here, I highlighted a few things earlier today as we venture into what is what is the right use of will? What is the will? Well, then also, but then also we were trying to, because we had realized this book is tricky to just talk about the book. So we were feeling like, what if we speak about the current culture, current cultural situations with the springboard of the title, The Right Use of Will, you know? Yep. So we could possibly do that, too. Well, let me hit you with this, just to give our our listeners an introduction here. Most people on Earth have made a separation between the spirit and the will. 
they have felt their own will was not acceptable, that to love the way God loves, they must eliminate their own feelings and opinions and do what they have imagined is the will of God. An understanding is needed here. The will of God is not in opposition to the will of the individual. Mm -hmm. Let that kind of trickle down. Each spirit is part of the divine consciousness and each individual will is part of the divine will. Mm. Each person must take responsibility for his complete being and not for only part of it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I have something to throw at you even just off that. So, do you or do you want to keep going? No, keep no, hit me. So, if we're going to say the individual will is no is there's there's no separation between the individual will and God's will. Well, what if the individual says, well, see, this, see, then the next, the next bit of that you read is interesting and it kind of answers it because it says there's no will that isn't part of the entirety of the thing. Mm-hmm. So like, say the person that does the dark stuff, say somebody's will at at a certain vibration is I want to smoke crack. Uh-huh. That doesn't really sound very divine. But if we look at it through the lens of the next sentence you said, where it's all part of the whole, then that's just a piece of it, right? Well, listen to this. This next part answers that exactly what you said. The understanding you need now about how to evolve the will quickly is, in short, express everything you feel. So smoke the crack and do not stop expressing emotionally and otherwise until you have really finished. Mm -hmm. You must not impose this on others that do not want it. For just as it is not spiritual balance to deny yourself in favor of others... It is not spiritual balance to deny others in favor of yourself either. Uh Then, when you have cleared out, truly, all emotional charge any given situation triggers in you, you will have allowed release of old emotions that have accumulated when the free expression of the will was denied. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Well, then... Wait. Controlling rather than expressing the will means you do not have acceptance for it. Right. Okay. Well, that's beautiful which we were talking about today, about the bottom. Hitting your bottom or allowing somebody else to hit their bottom. And also I love the line, allowing the other person to have the dignity of their own experience. You know, if you're somebody who knows an like you know, somebody that's an addict and you want to stop them, you have no business stopping them yeah. because first of all, you're not going to be able to stop them because they're being compelled by their own will. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Why don't we dissect that a little bit? And then Ed- yeah, it's super interesting. Well, but see then see this book is so it functions on so many different planes of consciousness because then what it becomes is so you want to smoke the crack. Mm -hmm. Or you want to do the thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on one level, it's express that. Express it. Do it. Feel it. Do it to the utmost until you clear out that charge. Mm -hmm. 
But what this book goes into is that by doing that, you may very well be harming yourself. And by harming yourself and causing pain to yourself, you're actually, in a form, denying yourself unconditional love because you don't, you are lacking unconditional love for a part of yourself in that okay. action of that. <laughs> but then it co- but then it goes along in something we were discussing the uh, the other day about this ignorance is bliss thing. You don't know yet. Right. You don't know. <laughs> You wouldn't even know that concept. The person that's running around the street, I mean, crack, smoking crack is just the analogy right now. That's kind of the extreme analogy. Whatever that means, or the person that's not nice, whatever whatever it could be, you know, you, you don't really know that you're even functioning that way. And so this, this, line, this quote has always tripped me out. Everybody's doing the best they can at their own level of experience. Right. I mean, what a mess, though. <laughs> well, that's all that, you know, that's what this book is really diving into. Unraveling that mess, unraveling that complete disaster, and trying to make sense of it all by bringing it back to the most fundamental or the earliest particle of when all of that started like how did we get into this thing where oh our dinner's here how did we get into this thing where we are so full of doubt judgment denial uncertainty disconnection you know a lot of what this book talks about to me that is is what it what it really did for me reading it was it it really started to dissolve the compartmentalization of all of these aspects of self of being of the universe that we like to do because you say oh it's there's the spirit and there's the will you never take into account even when you're thinking about everything is one thing all is one. We're all part of the all, all part of the universe. It, everything, literally everything, the will, the spirit, it's all one thing, right? So when you start to think about it that way, it really starts to fucking get trippy. I don't exactly know what <laughs> what you're saying but something but let me see if i can let me see if i can riff i know i know because it's vast well it's but vast. What we it's we were to... well we were talking about the yin and yang today and something you brought up to me in this book that that i never really i i almost don't want to believe it that there are dark entities mm. and you know and you had said today well if we're if we're looking at people through the symbol of the yin and yang there's going to be light workers and there's going to be dark workers but then i was thinking or we had discussed even you know even even extrapolating further we had said well at the end of the bridge is it all light mm-hmm. you know we had said in eden in utopia is it all light then does does the does the yin and yang symbol does the as above so below symbol does that all go out the window because then we're just all light i would hope so 
I want that. Well, as above, so below, it all ends up meeting in the middle. Well, but right. But in terms of this book, she, I think CN is a woman. Yeah. She talks about utopia, essentially, in Atlantis. Yeah. And Pan was utopia, but Pan. then it got messed up, right? Yeah. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves there, but yes. Um, and that all started with denial and judgment. Well, like I said, I don't even know how to unpack. I don't even know where to go here. Like, if, if, are we getting ahead of ourselves? Let's I don't even take, know where to. Let's take a really. So, okay. I highlighted some really good shit in here. I mean, everything is, is no, I know. beautiful. I mean, what do you. I know, I know, I know. It's hard <laughs> to just nail it down to well, one Well, what thing. jumped out? Let me... The unconditional love of the spirit is understood by many on earth at present. There is another energy, though, that is also part of the divine creation, which has not yet been fully understood. The divine will. The will expresses as feelings. The spirit and the will are partners in the body and must find their balance in the heart. If there is any disease or aging of the body, the spirit and the will are at odds in some way. If there is balance between the spirit and the will, only health, agelessness, and vitality are manifested, and the physical plane is no longer experienced as cut off from any other plane of existence. Everyone on earth today has undermined his will in some way. The undermining of the will is equal to lost unconditional love then. For anyone that is not accepting part of himself unconditionally is not truly loving unconditionally. The will, now check this out. This to me is like what's happening, what we're seeing in a lot of people. The will in many people is now seeking alignment. Right. Okay, so the will, right? Let's talk about the will. What is the will? The will is like, the will is your action engine. Uh The will is like your, is, is the energy behind the active exercise in the physical dimension. Okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You with me? So, whatever that might be, you want to throw a baseball. Your will is set in motion and you will yourself into throwing a baseball. Now, the will, as as defined in here, is expressing itself through feelings. And this is where the subtleties of this, I think, become really beautiful. How many times throughout your life have you, I'm asking you, Gus, I'm also asking people listening to this right now. How many times in your life have you had a sensation of doing something? Whatever it might be. Going to a store taking a walk, playing a game, saying something to a friend. Uh, the food's outside, honey. I haven't brought it in yet. <laughs> um, going to the park, whatever it might be, hanging out with a person, and for whatever reason, you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That is the action of denying your will. Yeah. You, on the human level, on the physical 
plane that you exist on, you have no idea why or what conjured that thought of that feeling that your will was bringing to you, right? Yeah. Because that could have done any number of things. Talking to that friend could have inspired this thought in them and yourself. Going to the park could have meant that you experienced this, ran into this person, crossed paths with this individual, got bit by a dog that led to this event later on down the line. You have no clue. Yeah. You have no clue the the innumerable, infinite possibilities, probabilities of the actions you have not taken as a result of denying yourself your will. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. So, you think about how many times in your life you've done that. I know I've done it a million times. Yeah. I've done it more times probably than I could even put a number to. Yeah. Well, I mean, but then there's different layers or levels of the will. You know, if I'm sitting there in bed at 9 p.m. and I start thinking about cereal, should I go to the grocery store? And then I don't go to the grocery store. So... Well, the argument of this book would be that you would only have some weird little (laughs) idiosyncratic will response in something like that because you had any any a built up emotional charge about that. Yeah. You've Um, been denying yourself cereal or you've been denying yourself sugar or pleasurable experiences for so long that it's turned into this this fucking mass this ball of entanglement that needs to be expressed now because it's like a knot in your muscle only it's a knot in your energetic space yeah i was thinking about in terms of on the on the level of the thing you said about the different like the infinite amount of possibilities that could happen if you do the thing you know i was thinking about this today in terms of my writing it's something i've practiced for for a while now and it's and it's been interesting to me i don't really how do i say it simply i don't overthink if something if i have to like write this thing like if i if i'm interviewing somebody and um like i'm doing an interview now and the the theme of the magazine is like the garden of eden right so I, I'm doing this interview. The first thing that came to my mind was, oh, I'm going to do the, the first sentence of the thing is going to be the meek shall inherit the earth. And then I was thinking like in terms Wait, did of, did you just read that in here? No, <laughs> I just read that in here. Are you serious? Yeah, that's so that's really bizarre. No. Well, that's that's totally what we're even talking. But but let me finish. I mean, that's yeah. just bizarre right there. So I'm telling you, I literally just came across. Really? This. Yeah. Okay. But the thing I was saying, I mean, that's just a mind blower. But the thing I was saying, <laughs> Eb, on that note is I could talk my way out of, no, let's not do that. Let's say something about the farm, you know. Right. Why? And it's that New Orleans thing. Go with your first mind, they say. I don't know if that came from New Orleans, but I think it's a southern thing. Interesting. Go with your first mind. Interesting. And look at that. My first mind said, 
five hours earlier today, okay, I got to write this piece for Wednesday. The first line is going to be the meek shall inherit the earth. That's what came. It could be a million other things, and now you're holding it up, and it's underlined. What the fuck? So I don't know. But that's well, that see, Quaker then, thing, the still small voice. I feel yes. like the will is also the still small Absolutely. voice. I agree. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And what is the St. Francis? Is it the St. Francis prayer? Let my thoughts be thy thoughts. Let my will be thy will. Let my actions be, be thy actions. Let my words be thy words. So, I mean, because, look, my whole thing is we are just vessels for the universe to move through us. Yeah. And literally, it's just about the fact that we're so identified in the mind that we can't, that we just get in the way of that happening. You know, I was still, I was laying in bed last night after we had this family barbecue, which was really interesting. A lot of profound shit went down. And I'm laying in bed, and we got this kumquat tree outside. And I'm looking at the kumquat tree while I'm lying in bed in this fucking daze. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, humans. And I, and I like astrally projected out into the universe and then saw the soul cycle of coming into your mother's womb and being and blooming like an apple in your mother's womb and then being birthed into the world and how we're just fruit of the universe. Uh-huh. Human beings are like fruit of the universe. Yeah. And we go through a whole life cycle of being tiny and unripe and then we're ripe and we're beautiful and we're delicious and we're vibrant and then we start to rot and decay and die and then we go back into the soil and then it comes again. Yeah. And we do it again. I don't know where that came from, but, you know, we're vessels for the universe to express itself. You know, and so, you know, this also talks about the denial of the society. So suppressing your free will has a lot to do with also living in a society that wants to tell you what to do and how to do it and what the right thing is and what the wrong thing is. And a lot of the voices of denial in our own mind are those that have been put upon us since we were children. Right. You know what I find interesting? If you look at book titles, um, I just want to say this little bit here. Book titles are interesting to me. Like she titled this The Right Use of Will, which to me, she didn't call it The Use of Will. She didn't call it The Will. She called it The Right Use of Will, which to me, we could translate as The True Use of Will or The Divine Use of Will. And to me divine divinity translates as truth divine god yeah. god is only true to yeah. me okay but now eb well see then i find this interesting like behind you there's all these books with titles carry on warrior love warrior you are a message be here now the honest life it's interesting if you look at titles as the ebb and flow the ebb and flow is going to be in it and like that totally is the umbrella yeah. Of your book. Yeah. It's going to be about the ebb and flow of life. I mean, that's exactly. beautiful. Exactly. But then ebb. See, I want to come around to around to how do we the right use of will to me, the practice, 
because there's a lot of veils. Yeah. As you began this with knowing knowing what to do. Like smoking crack is not See, this is really hard. This is yeah, really hard. This is really hard karmically for me. Uh-huh. Because you don't really have if we're looking at the true sense of karma being this map that's already laid out for you. If you're in the stage where your deal is smoking crack, then that's the stage you're in. Right. Or if you're in the stage where you're meditating 20 minutes a day and that's how you get down to the truest form of your will, then that's what that is. Yeah. What do you what do you what are your thoughts on that? I mean, she I said, said this lot. whole thing about karma and where was this? What was the meek shall inherit the earth thing you underlined? It was, uh, it, I actually didn't. I just stumbled across <laughs> it. Look, the meek shall indeed inherit the earth because the meek do not overpower anyone else. That's it. That's it. The ones, and then here's another thing. The ones denying themselves in favor of others are handing them the power to do it. The ones denying themselves what? The ones denying themselves in favor of others are handing them the power to do it. Exactly. Well, that's a crisis we're in right now. The ones that feel victimized by the situation on earth have something to learn here. Everyone, if personal denial is reclaimed, actually has enough power to protect the self from harm. The end of personal denial allows the will to create a place for itself that is free of denial and what denial creates. Do not hold any limits on the possibilities here. You know, because she has a whole thing about karma and how karma is actually this really complex sort of web of the lessons you're meant to learn here, which is something you just said. You kind of just said that. Yeah. Like if the karmic map is already laid out before you. Right. You know, and and she also talks about how, you know, no one experiencing suffering in this planet. And this is one of those spiritual maxims or precepts that people in the Western ideological realm always sneer at because we love to be in the victim role and we love to sort of put victims on a pedestal interestingly but what something she talks about is people who are going through suffering or painful experiences are in the midst of needing to learn a lesson out of that suffering or pain right and that no one experiencing that is experiencing it for no good reason, basically. Right. right. Which is a difficult thing to accept because, you know, I think yeah. having... That's kind of the paradox of having a heart uh-huh. and living in the heart space. Like, I, I wrote this whole... I had a post about living from the heart the other day. And a guy went on this whole thing about how, oh, you know, if you live from the heart, you're going to get steamrolled. and But I'm like, dude, that has nothing to do with living from the heart. Yeah. Living from the heart is not about abandoning yourself to others. No, he's in a material, material malaise. Yeah, like living from the heart is actually about standing with truth and courage. Right. And can be, and and is maybe the most powerful 
rock solid. Exactly. Well, it is because it's true platform to be standing on the heart's actually the place where you won't get steamrolled exactly exactly because you can't get steamrolled there yeah because if somebody says do this if somebody tries to overpower you you're not also see meek the word meek is interesting to me because meek meek has this definition of see meek is totally correlative to me with overpower it's, right. it's the flip side of that. Meek is sturdy. Meek is humble. There we uh-huh, go. That's uh-huh. it. Meek is humble. Yeah. Yeah. But now how do we get in touch with the heart? To me, moving through the veils. I mean, we've talked about this on a lot. I mean, I feel like every podcast we talk when I'm here, we talk about this. Moving through the veils, meditating, getting real. I mean, what is that? What does that look like for you? It's it, and it, but it's like you said. What did you say? You said, or you said just a minute ago. What does this say? So, this to me is the answer to that question. Oh. <laughs> How do we get to the heart? This book's like a little oracle. It right? totally it's an is. Oracle dude. right This now. is an or. This book is literally an oracle, bro. It says so. Just in different words. Uh Ready? One of the most direct ways to reverse this influence of denial and judgment and regain full consciousness, which I would say is moving into the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Is to start noticing everything you usually ignore. Yeah. 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 That's the... That's the ticket, bro. And that is, in other words, stepping out of denial. Absolutely. Yeah. But denial now- and judgment. So think about that, dude. Can we think about that? Can we talk about that? Because yeah, because at the huge. To me, you know, those are profound. Those are profound aspects of this situation that of the of the spiritual conundrum we find ourselves in. Because it's not just about judging others. It's not just about the denial of others. And how does that manifest? You know, I mean, judgment, that happens all kinds of ways. You're walking down the street, you see the way someone looks, and you make a fucking whole judgment about who they are Mm -hmm. on one level, right? You hear someone talk about something that you don't agree with, you make a whole judgment about them. You see someone wearing a Trump hat or a Joe Biden hat, you make a whole judgment about who that person is, Mm -hmm. right? But you're also doing a lot of inner judgment. Mm -hmm. What we don't realize in the West is everything that we perceive in our reality, our external reality, we're actually doing it all to ourselves in our internal world. Right. So literally like getting up every morning, and this is the practice to me. This is the practice of yeah. it all. Yeah. You know, you don't get free of judgment and denial until you fucking just start looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you wake up every morning and you're fucking judging yourself from the moment your eyes will open. Like to me, me this morning, I had a tough morning this morning. I was fucking tired. I haven't slept well in the last few days. We've just moved back into our bedroom after a lot of renovations. Um, like there's just a lot of shit, a lot of, 
a lot of late nights this week, spending time with friends. I woke up this morning feeling overwhelmed. I got a short week. We're getting to Arizona on Thursday. I'm on, I feel like my back's against the wall. I want to get this book done. My book, The Ebb and Flow. I want to get this this uh, round of edits done before May 1st. I feel like the clock is ticking. I got a lot of other shit I want to do. I got to put podcasts out this week, etc., etc. And I'm laying in bed feeling all of this. And what was different this morning and what has been different for me is that I can sit in that. I can allow all of that to move through me. I can get up. I could take a deep breath, put my two feet on the floor, and start my day with a positive outlook. Whereas... A year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, with that start of a morning, I would have had a fuck day the whole day. Yeah. But I just said, Eb, <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to do. Let's start with, let's start with our breath work. Yeah. Let's start with our stretching. Let's make Sandy lunch for breakfast, for, for lunch for breakfast. Let's make Sandy lunch for, to take to school. Yeah. Let's make coffee. Let's wash our hands. Let's drink some water. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, boom, boom. I'm, I'm into my day. I'm writing. I kicked ass today. Took my car to the shop. Finished a chapter of the book. Now we're recording a pot. You know what I mean? But that wouldn't be possible unless I allowed myself to feel all that. And I just watched it. And I didn't latch on to the judgments. Yeah. Which would, which, so the reverse of that would be, Eb, you're a fucking slapdick. Yeah, yeah. Eb, you got no to Yeb, you're wasting yeah. your time. Right. You know. Well, yeah. And then the denial part. So, and it talks about it in here and I won't go into reading it cuz I actually want to get into the Pan and the Lemuria and Atlantis stuff cuz that's all really interesting too, at least for a minute. But the denial stuff of like denying yourself shit. You know, and you think, "Oh, well, I can't allow myself to do everything I want to do. Well, it's like, yeah, the boundaries, the spiritual boundaries that you place around your, your own, your own, you know, the mechanisms of your mind and the will that expresses itself through you. You're not hurting others and you're not hurting yourself. You're not denying others and you're not denying yourself. Can you live in that? Can you live with those principles? Yeah. Around your behavioral structure yeah does that make sense yeah but i think that takes time and that's no, a process that you didn't wake up one day and you were able to do that i think that's about that's born out of this is what i would say it's born out of for me cultivating loving awareness and cultivating the witness which to me if any if anybody said to me hey how do i do that my roadmap would be you meditate, which means you sit down quietly with yourself and just listen. You know, I, I, I want to say this, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sorry to be redundant with the key of meditation. Like I, I, I no, cause dude. I feel like every time I'm on here, cause I'm always trying to like <laughs> reverse engineer what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like how that. do we get down to it? Like we say, it's all love. Okay, well, how do we get to that? Yeah. Because I don't want somebody to, to, 
I don't know. I, I just feel like it's important that people feel like, and it's why you're writing The Ebb and Flow. It's why we released A Life Worth Dying For. It's why, you know, even this podcast, you know, it's like, I Which want... Which you can purchase right now on Amazon. Yeah, please, Link man. in the show notes. We've been super excited to see people loving A Life Worth Dying loving For. Loving your That's thoughts been, on it. Yeah, and your thoughts. That's been amazing. Thank you so much. Um and then, but also, like, you're always talking about journaling. There's yeah. a, re- like, that's really important. Journaling and then having fellowship with the journaling. So communicating that. Because it's one thing, Eb, curious what you have to say about this. It's one thing stepping out, think, even, uh, I'm going to, even s- thinking you've stepped out of denial in the neighborhood of your head. Mm. But then stepping out of the denial in the community. Yes. That's another thing, brother. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I think those are two very clear earmarks of how you could really get the ball rolling in how we do that. What you're saying where you can witness whatever's coming up and then reorient yourself to live through your heart, which is love and truth. Whatever the love and truth looks like, if it is if it does manifest in some sort of upset, whatever that is, because this isn't about only being like good vibes only, which I want to write it. You know what I mean? It's not about no, that. No, not at all. But see, that's it's about literally feeling the bad vibes. Right. And but that's what you're saying. That's what's so true that that person who commented on your thing, God bless them, is totally missing when you're saying the heart space, when yeah. you're living through that, the heart is not in denial. No, no. See, I don't. What was he saying? Was he saying the brain is a safer place to live in? Because that's got a lot of shit that I, I don't no, know. That's got a he, lot of layers of trauma. He missed just, it big. He missed it. Yeah, okay, he it was it on not even levels. worth talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It was. Okay. It was. I appreciated his response. It wasn't like the the last one where the dude was like just telling me I'm an idiot posting frivolous shit on my Instagram to my big platform and hey man, I'm actually a big fan, but your grandparents probably didn't live through the, the Great Depression, which made me real you know, that one that inspired a lot of anger. But um this guy was actually, it was like a really thoughtful response to my post that was just missing. I, I realized, you know, through it, and I'm not going to try to sound uh, spiritually materialistic here, but, you know, he just wasn't understand. He, I could tell he didn't know what I meant. You know, he didn't quite understand what I was saying, which is, you know, and that's part of it because I'm kind of talking on another, on another plane of consciousness. I'm, I'm using the heart. The heart is just a, once again, the heart is a word to describe this level of understanding or this level of, this level of awareness or, uh, place of living from you know this place of being because it's just it's not really what you think it's not like oh i'm living from the heart because i'm being kind to people yeah that's not what that's not what i'm talking about yeah you know kindness is a 
is a manifestation of living from the heart, but mm-hmm. that's not really what, you know. Um, so that's good. I don't even know anything we just said. Me but either. It's totally there. I mean, I feel it. Getting to the heart, I can't man. Remember. Yeah. But that's what this is. That's like, so I guess at the end of the day, another word for living from the heart is living in full, total consciousness. You know, we get really trapped in our mind. We're just trapped in our mind. And our mind is mired in doubt. It's mired in denial. It's mired in judgment because the mind is so limited in its perception Mm -hmm. and what it knows and understands. Yeah. The heart as a term, I'm not talking about the fucking organ that pumps the blood, although I believe that is the seat of the soul where that exists in our being. That area, um, that's just connected to the source. That's connected to the total. That's the total consciousness right there. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. I love that. That's such a beautiful practice too. It's so interesting how your heart reacts when you're like around something that's exciting. When you're, you know, when the energy changes. I love that. I love that. It's also such a beautiful thing. You know, I've heard Ramdas talk about when he would be backstage and he would be nervous. I think that totally lessened, of course, as he went along. But he was like, who's the who's the person that's nervous right now? Mm. Who is this? Uh huh. Who's behind that? That's You know what I mean? Yeah. Very interesting. Uh Well, something on that. So. As you're venturing down this path of starting to pay very close attention to the things you've always ignored. Mm. Man, those little sensations, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the stop ignoring. Yeah, check in. The anxiety, the nervousness, yeah. the, the excitement, the joy, all of that, the sadness. Dude, just like tap in, just like really, really, just let it go and just be with that, man. That's so powerful. The other day I was journaling or I was writing this part of my book talking about this moment from our childhood and I was literally crying for four hours writing this thing and I realized how how anchored (laughs) my being is in sadness and melancholy Mm. and I don't say that as like a as a boo-hoo, sad me, I, I'm like super grateful for that because with that rich, thick sensation as sort of the ground level of my being, I have so, I have such an an ex- extraordinary experience of joy and light. And I see it and I know it and I understand it so beautifully, you know. Um, and I only got that because of... Look, dude, you you said it perfectly. Meditation. Meditation was the pathway that got me here. You know, throughout my football career, it was cannabis. Yeah. Because cannabis was the thing. I could be spun out to the ends of the fucking galaxy in this egocentric identity of myself as this warrior football player. Right. And I'd smoke some weed when I got home from work, and it would literally bring me screaming back down to center. <laughs> I love that. Either joyfully uh, or in a ter- in a fucking terrifying media black hole, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And then the cannabis led me a little bit out further, led me deeper. Yeah, the cannabis led me to the meditation. Yeah, I love it. You know, and the meditation led me into myself. Yeah, 
and then from there it was like infinite out of that it is it's yeah um that being said what's the rush what's the yeah, rush yeah, what's that's the true what's I mean, the rush also why wait <laughs> you know what i mean absolutely what's the rush why wait absolutely man i mean it's kind of you know it's the paradox it's the paradox of this existence and and also the paradox of the process you know you can't really get there going back to that allowing a person the dignity of their own experience you can't tell anybody what to do you can't that's playing god and even if you draw you say you know let's say a family member is a drug addict or an alcoholic or whatever it might be and you are so set on fixing this person saving them helping them with their life because you see it if they don't see it you could drag them by the hair to rehab yeah they'll fucking just leave yeah it's not gonna work they won't get anything out of it or okay i'll spend a week here i'll get sober and then i'll leave and then all right see you later i'm gonna fucking go use again i'm gonna go drink again whatever it is yeah it's meaningless so until someone has the experience on their own it's all part of the process but see what's beautiful about that is that it's attraction, not promotion. So when you save yourself, yes, the other person starts going, whoa, that dude's like, why is he smelling flowers now? Right. Why is he eating healthy? Like, but so, even- then, so then that's the beauty of expanding yourself. Totally. That's the only way. If you were ever going to convince somebody to do something differently is manifested in yourself totally dude um i want to say this thing that you just even subtler than the smelling of the flowers and the 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 taking of the deep breath uh-huh. there is the subtleties of that of living in that vibration people pick up on the vibrations of you you know yeah yeah. because you're living your vibrational frequency is up at a really high level right when you're just being in your total consciousness being in your heart Mm -hmm. and people start to people are like dude that guy's like beaming right that person's like light that i just feel good being around i i don't even have anything to say right i want to be like that guy yeah you said that you said it earlier today that and it, it's been in my mind all day ramdas the teacher points the way the guru is the way yeah jesus said i am the way yeah. he didn't say come on guys this is the way we got to go do this 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 and this yeah he was just he was being it, you yeah. know going to hang out with the with the fucking homeless and the beggars and the prostitutes and yeah. the washing their feet. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what struck me about that Bhagavan Das book with Neem Karoli. Uh-huh. He's just in the streets. and Yeah. Uh, with the people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. That's another book. Check we'll that do. book out, everybody. Uh, 
It's Here Now, Are You. It's by Bhagavan Das, who is Ram Das guru. He introduced Ram Das to their guru. Incredible. Super powerful. You know what, dude? I feel like we need to just make this a two-part podcast. Yeah, yeah. And the second part will be the deep dive into the land of pain. Yeah, I feel like if we do that, yeah. It'll be too. It's too, because this, this is too dense. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking that. Um, I'm curious how people feel about this. Denial, judgment. The will. I mean, dude, if you want to do a great practice, ladies and gentlemen, notice, do a simple practice for a month or do it for a week or do it for a day. Every time you judge something, take note. Do it on your phone. Carry around a little post-it note. Every time you judge something, whether it's like a big judgment or a little judgment, do a little note. You know, and write to and and just be like, wow, how does that feel? I, I judgment to me makes me really uncomfortable. Like if I if I'm around somebody who's judging something, I, I get really I'm really not I really don't vibrate toward that. Yeah, it's a very low level of of being to be in a state of judgment and denial. I feel the same way. Wouldn't you think that would be an interesting practice for somebody to do? Like, just keep, well, just keep track. That's what this says. Uh-huh. That's what this says, yeah. this book. Uh-huh. One of the, the opening sort of practices yeah. of relieving yourself of judgment and denial is to start to pay attention to how often are you judging people? How often are you judging yourself? How often are you in a state of denial of others or yourself? Right. Yeah, just start to pay attention. And, you know? that, and that, to me, is cultivating the witness. Yeah. Because you're cultivating the aspect in you that's behind it. You're cultivating the aspect in you that's able to go, wait, what? whose voice is that? Right. That's a weird voice, man. <laughs> I'm not really into that one. That's That doesn't feel weird moving. That doesn't feel great moving forward. And it's like David Hawkins says a lot in that book, Letting Go. He talks a lot about... As soon as you step out of denial, things start evaporating. Oh, yeah. Now that's now see that is multidimensional as well. Though that that is a multidimensional concept because you might think to yourself on the first hearing of that, "Oh yeah, that's about judging people's actions or judging what people do or wear or say," right? But it's also judging judgment and denial of people's feelings words thoughts mm-hmm. expressions yeah how many times when someone says to you i'm feeling sad today what's your response well now my response is that's awesome because you're getting to feel something so that's beautiful i love that response <laughs> i say like if it's my wife or my daughter, uh-huh. when they say, I'm feeling really sad, I'm uh-huh. feeling really angry, I'm feeling like, I say, that's totally okay and understandable. Exactly. Well, that too, yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. That's totally okay and understandable. Yeah, that's beautiful. I get it. True com- Rather than, uh-huh. what's the sort of, oh, let's make you feel better. Don't feel like that. Let's do this. 
Let's go get ice cream. Jesus Christ. What a, what a way to bury everything. Let's have a cookie. Well, what a way to bury the truth. <laughs> true <go>. true <laughs> compassion. Know? True compassion is being able to be there with whatever the person is offering you. Like you said, true compassion, if the person's a Biden supporter, if they're a Trump supporter. Okay, how can we now sit at this table together? How can I hear you? And how can you hear me? Absolutely. Or if you don't want to hear me, okay, then let's maybe we'll meet in another karmic uh, phase of this whole thing. Or you could take another step and say, if you can't hear me or you're unwilling to hear me, maybe ask yourself why that is. Yeah. Why can't I hear this person? Right. All right. So before we close this out, this is a this is a little bit tangential. Um, by the way, if you haven't gotten this yet, uh, I highly recommend checking this book out and reading it yourself. Cause it is so, we couldn't possibly go into all the ins and outs and the, the various planes of consciousness that this thing spans. But this is something I've been talking about. We've been talking about this for a while. Blow up your TV. Yeah. Why? You know, I was thinking this today, um, mainstream media should should be renamed intense psychological programming yeah like nbc cnn abc yeah ipp it could all just go under the umbrella of ipp intense psychological programming but so check this out because she goes into it or god as this is a channel channeled from god the reality of young children is especially vulnerable to influence before they have the awareness to understand these influences. Young children have the ability to feel these things, however, and this ability should not be denied or overlooked. It can be seen also that the reason television has such a strong grip on many young children is because they do not have enough of any other reality in their lives to counteract this strong influence. Children's television programs, the advertising aimed at them, and even the educational shows have programmed responses and realities into young children. The bright flashing colors of television remind them of color in the other planes of existence that they still remember, and so these bright colors attract them. It is known that children's minds open and receive the quick succession of projected images without having time to contemplate them. A programmed reality is being presented to them in this way, and this reality is telling them what the world is like and how they should respond before they can find out for themselves. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, I was just I was just talking to somebody about that. What's the Bible quote about children and the kingdom of heaven is God, I totally lost it. What Jesus said, right? Yeah, uh, be be children uh, like uh, until you're a child again, you won't reach the kingdom of heaven. I, I can't quite remember it. But there's a real aspect of regaining your childlike childlike um reality to get to heaven essentially to heaven you know aka 
bliss, aka consciousness, whatever whatever you want to call it. Yes. Hold on, I'm com- I'm coming. You know, I'm coming. Hold on. Do you see it there? Jesus was a fucking badass. Be unto you as I, I, I totally lost it. Like I had it. And then I was talking to somebody about it today. Somebody's listening to this. Like <laughs> you mother, you fucking it's right there. Heathens. Yeah. If you type in children of God, that movie just comes up or something. The concept of becoming a child of God. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Let's not, we don't have to. God, but it's a great quote, dude. Yeah, well, maybe we'll find it for next one. Because that's basically what they are in Pan. Yes. That's basically what they are in Atlantis. And Wait, is Pan, Atlantis, and Lemuria kind of, they're no. all, they're no. all different. All okay. different. Okay. Pan is basically scorched by the dark wizard. Okay. And we'll get into that next time. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, wait, wait. Oh, here it is. What do you got? And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. Exactly. That's Boom. It. That's it. Well, it's the purity, it's man. It's got to be in the footnotes for the show. All right. Shit's hitting the deck. Yeah. All right, things, brother. Things are flying here. Pay well, close attention to the things you've spent a lot of time ignoring. Yeah. It's, I mean, however you want to interpret it or whatever, you know, labels you want to put onto it. Living from the heart, living in full, total consciousness. You know, we spend so much because we're so distracted. Like I was talking to dad earlier today uh-huh. and we were talking about writing books and how rare it is for people to complete anything now. We were talking about that. We were talking about it and then dad and I were talking oh, about it uh-huh. too. <laughs> and and dad said it so simply. He's like, people are so distracted. Yeah. We're so distracted. Yeah. You know? Well, I've been saying, I mean, we've been saying that word. Are I mean, the distractions a, working? Well, that's the great thing about, you know, sitting, sitting in silence. You can kind of get out of it that's it peeps all right uh we will hit this second half of right use of will next time talking about the land of pan how the dark wizard totally destroyed it fucked it all up land of lemuria and atlantis yeah stoked to go down that rabbit hole with you bro yeah it'd be fun all right everybody I hope you guys got a lot out of that. I had fun. Gus, thank Much you for love. indulging me. I know this was last minute. Oh, no. There's no indulgence. On this fine bicycle day we have yeah. in 2021. Happy 420, everybody. Oh, well, I hope you had a great 420 when you hear this. This yeah. 420 will be over. Um, lots of love to you guys. Keep meditating. Pay attention to the stuff moving through you. That is your spirit and will coming into alignment, into divine alignment. Lots of love, y'all. Thanks, Gus. Namaste.
See you all next time. Peace.